0: Recently, Mike Todd preached a two-hour sermon about the topic of gluttony. No, really, no, no, let's really stop and think about that. He preached for two hours. Hours on one topic. I've been hungry at church before. I've been hungry during a long sermon before. But I couldn't imagine being in church, hungry, in the middle of a two-hour sermon about gluttony. And despite popular opinion, I actually like Mike Tata. I think he has an infectious personality. I think he's a fun, charismatic communicator. But there's quite a lot wrong with this message. Now, before I get into some of those things and what the root of it is, I have to acknowledge that I... Actually agree with this application point. Gluttony is a huge problem in our churches today. However, some of the statements he makes in this are rather problematic and, in my opinion, could show an immature side to his understanding of basic scripture. So in this video, I'll be reacting to a couple key parts from this message, aligning it to a more practical and accurate interpretation of scripture, and some of the moments I find rather good and accurate. Bruce so Mike Todd preached a message called Cuff to Cake, cuffing season and he made some bold claims in it regarding gluttony being Satan's favorite sin we're gonna get to that in a second but I want to just kind of back into the, the content of the overall message. So I'm going to play four clips for us. The last clip will be the part where I actually strongly agree with him on. And I think the underlying deeper issue of what it is that we're seeing exhibited in a message like that. How many people, by show of hands,
1: have ever heard a full message on gluttony?
0: Now, I've actually heard my pastors talk about gluttony. We are at a fairly health-conscious church here in Southern California, maybe where they're at in Tulsa. Not so much. But listen to what he goes on to say that I think out the gate kind of. Why in the
1: world, if this is one of the seven deadly sins, have us, some of us being in church for four and five decades, never heard a complete Sunday morning message
0: on gluttony? He's using the seven deadly sins. Now, what some people don't know is that the seven deadly sins are actually not in the scriptures. The only passage that's reflected there: uh, these are the six things the Lord hates. Seven are that are detestable to Him: haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who starts up conflict in the community. So, the idea of the seven deadly sins is actually a Catholic doctrine. So that's probably why there isn't a ton of messages about it specifically is because it's not something that's found in scripture. Seven deadly sins aren't found in scripture. It's found in Catholic theology. Starts asking what their favorite cake is. Okay. Seven up cake.
1: What'd they say? Sock it to me cake. It is socking it to you. Okay. Let, Let it be said that a lot of people like cake. And I know there's some judgmental people right there like, I don't like cake.
0: I don't like cake.
1: I hate cake. How many people like steak? Because cake and steak is the same thing. Is it though? just different flavors. I'm
0: going to come back to this because this is coming from an overflow of his transformation physically. He's lost a ton of... So this is coming from an overflow. He decides to preach a two-hour message on gluttony. Now check this out where it kind of starts falling apart for me theologically. Again, don't think Mike Todd is a a bad guy, okay? But there's already some problematic things. One, we're talking about the seven deadly sins, not in the scriptures. Two, we're making health statements and absolutes about cake and steak being the same thing they're not i'll come back to that and three he makes this point it's because what i found out studying scripture is gluttony is satan's favorite sin gluttony is satan's favorite sin okay now let's let him define that for us
1: because it's subtle it flows under the radar you gotta eat prove it to me pastor mike The two places in the Bible where Satan had a chance to end humanity and end the savior of humanity. What does he use? In the garden, he used food to kick Adam and Eve out of the garden. Oh, God, this is. And if you had one chance to take out your foe for all of eternity, you would use your most powerful weapon. When Jesus is baptized and then is taken to the desert by the Holy Spirit. What does the enemy say to Jesus? If you really are the son of God, turn these stones into what? He tried to use food to cuff Jesus and forfeit his calling. I'm preaching up here. Okay. The temptation wasn't the food, fam. It
0: wasn't the food that he was using to tempt him with. Okay, so I understand and I love the fact that he's speaking to his congregation about an issue that we don't often talk about, which is gluttony, which is important. A lot of folks are struggling. A lot of folks are dealing with stuff. However, that is just poor hermeneutic of what Satan was actually tempting Eve with, Adam with and Jesus with. See, the actual temptation, Adam and Eve, is he said, and you will be like God. It's the age-old lie. It's the lie that we see all over New Ageism that you can be a little God or you can be like God. That's what the actual temptation is. With Jesus, he's tempting him with status and and, and glory and all the things that, by the way, are Jesus's when he comes back, because he's not coming back as the lamb, he's coming back as the lion. Everything from Jesus's future, he's trying to pull into his present and he's trying to tempt him with the same thing. You see, the subtle sin Is actually pride. The subtle sin is actually you can be your own God. You can be your own moral standard. You can be your own almighty, I do what I want, do what thou will approach to life. That is the actual temptation. It's not the food, fam. It's not the gluttony. The gluttony has nothing to do with either of those stories. I love his zeal, but this is such a basic fumble of like basic Christianity one-on-one theology. And again, he's made these absolute statements before what put him on my radar was early on says that all ambition is evil in the middle of him being a, building an ambitious platform on social media, right? All ambition is evil. No, doesn't say that. It so says selfish ambition is evil. It doesn't say all ambition is evil, right? So he has this pattern, this history of speaking with stuff with such certainty that oftentimes that's not that's not what the scriptures are saying. Like, that's just flat out. It never says all ambition is evil, right? It says self-centered ambition is evil. And I did a whole video about that. I'll try to remember to link it up here. Now he's saying Satan's favorite sin is a subtle one. It's gluttony. It's believing you can be your own God. That's actually Satan's sin. That's actually what's being tempted in the garden, right? So I think there's such a fundamental misunderstanding of some basic things, and I'm going to explain why this is happening, okay? Now, I want to point out a passage that many of us are, are, are familiar with, but this is from Titus chapter... Titus chapter 1. Now, these are the requirements for an elder, an elder, an overseer, a pastor. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as as it has been taught so that he could encourage others by what? By sound doctrine and refuse those who oppose it. Michael Todd is an amazing a charismatic, funny personality, but has kind of a history of, of of sloppy doctrine, if you will. He said some sloppy things about the Holy Spirit. He said all kinds of sloppy things. He put some sloppy stuff in his brother's eye before with the and you know, trying to be like Jesus. He's done some sloppy things with his theology, and it's just, it's just a pattern, but, but but why? So there's a couple of reasons here. I'm going to address, and then I'm going to play a clip that I actually agree with him on. Okay, so you guys don't think I'm just bashing on Mike Todd because I don't like Mike Todd. I actually like Mike Todd, believe it or not. Okay, so this is why. In church today, If you're a gifted communicator, You are often pushed into the corner of, well, you're a pastor now. If you're a gifted musician, you're a worship leader. If you're a gifted speaker, charismatic, big personality, gift the gab, you're a pastor. Okay, now the issue with this is that, fam, there's all types of other giftings and there's all types of other things. And a lot of these guys, I think, is a great motivational speaker. But then to position him, who clearly hasn't been to Bible college, hasn't been to seminary, doesn't just understand the basics of doctrine, he's fumbling basic stuff. Like, it's it's such a rudimentary breakdown. And I think it's on on overall where we at with, with, with the evangelical industrial complex. Nowadays, if you can communicate, there's other things you can do. You could start a YouTube channel. You can go be a, a TikToker. There's uh, make music. I don't know. There's all types of other ways that you can share your ideas, okay? The issue is... That wasn't like that 10 years ago, five years ago, right? That You were kind of cornered into that. So that's a, 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 a breakdown. Now, the second reason is this idea that some of us are familiar with. There's a, there's a phenomenon and it's all over the place and it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect, okay? Now, the Dunning-Kruger effect in psychology is a cognitive bias where people with limited knowledge or competence in a given intellectual or social domain greatly overestimate their own knowledge or competence in that domain relative to objective criteria to the performance of their peers or of people in general. That when you are the least competent in a said topic, you're the most confident in the said topic. When you're most confident, you're least competent. What am I talking about? Out the gate, Mike Todd says, cake and steak are the same thing. Fam, there's nothing about cake and steak that's the same thing. Not the macronutrient breakdowns, not the way the sugar hits your body, not the way the fats give you energy and give you brain power. There's literally nothing about cake and steak that are the same thing. They're absolutely polar opposite with the way that that they're intended to use and the calories that we extract from cake versus steak. Cake is a primarily a sugar-based simple carbohydrate that's processed. Steak is full of protein and fats. You need fats, healthy fats for your brain. That's why people who lift weights and work out eat a lot of protein. Okay, steak and 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 cake are not the same thing. But he speaks at it in a way where 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 he has this confidence, but he's not really competent. He doesn't really know what he's talking about when it comes to nutrition, right? He, he, He he has had a physical transformation which is awesome, praise God, by the way, I'm, I'm speaking this to someone that's down about 17 pounds in the last, I don't know, three months. My wife is down 20 pounds, okay? Like, we're really about the fitness life as well. So, and this isn't my first time doing this, but what happens is people on the Dunning-Kruger effect know a ton, a ton of something, but they don't really know. So they exhibit a ton of confidence up here, but then they would discover everything they don't know. And then the inverse happens where people who are actually very competent in a topic, when they're very competent in a topic, they they don't speak at it with the same certainty. The oftentimes the people who are speaking with the most certainty about something, I'm gonna show it to you. Satan's favorite sin. Blah 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 blah. And it's such certainty, it's such, it's such confidence, it's such, I know what I'm talking about. It's everywhere. Okay, so be weary of where and who you're consuming information from because the people who are actually experts in something Don't speak at it with this certain absolute. I got all the answers approach to stuff They tend to be like well, you know what? There's actually no such thing as bad food food Just has a different utility. I'll give you an example. I don't eat a ton of candy Why don't I eat a ton of candy? Well, because i'm trying to be in a caloric deficit What does that mean? That means that i'm trying to eat less so that over time I'm in a caloric deficit I burn more calories I lose body fat I'm putting on muscle it's happening right now this becomes body recomposition but what you'll notice is people who have a ton of muscle on them on their frame they could actually not only consume more calories but they could have a utility they could have a utility for said simple sugars I know folks Bodybuilders who, after they work out, they can have gummy worms—not like protein gummy worms, literal gummy worms or candy—with their protein, and they can, and it, and it helps the protein into their bloodstream faster, or the creatine into their bloodstream faster. This is a real thing. You can Google it. Okay, I can't do that. Why? Because I'm trying to cut calories. I'm, I don't carry the same amount of muscle on my frame, and so I, I have to one, eat less. I'm in the middle of being in a slight deficit, and there's an entire movement around bodybuilders. If you know anybody that's played in the NFL, played professional basketball, guess what? They carry more muscle on their frame so they can use dessert as a utility for getting more calories to help their muscles and their carbohydrates and their glycogen be replenished. Okay, so there's actually no such thing as good or bad food, just calorically high food and nutrient-dense high food. What am I talking about? Well, for me, I'm trying to eat more nutrient-dense food, lower calorically, high volume, low calories, okay? So watermelon, right? I'm eating a lot of chicken breast, a lot of broccoli, so on and so forth. My son, who's seven, needs to get more calories so he can eat foods that are healthy, like peanut butter, right? It's higher in calories, it's still healthy, it's just peanuts and oil, and he can get more things in. And so I think that's the part where It's like, there's no good or bad food, just different foods serve different utilities. If you're eating things that are high in protein and highly more likely to satiate you, you can eat more volume of food, right? And you can also cut and lose weight. And it goes back to the idea of fam. If you're going to be a pastor elder, you have to be willing to be sound in your doctrine and not say sloppy things like Satan tempted even Jesus with gluttony. No, he didn't. Right. While at the same time, knowing what you're talking about from a, from an actual, uh, 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 what, what, what is the difference between steak and cake? How does it hit your body different? Where is it on a glycemic index? What are, what are these things doing to our bodies? Right. So I think that's the issue that many of us aren't knowing. And so we're just like, yeah, he sounds confident and charismatic. So therefore he has to be right. Fam, oftentimes the most charismatic, high, over-the-top energy folks don't really know what they're talking about. They're just excited and they're fun to listen to, but they're not actually providing you accurate information just like after the pandemic all of a sudden everybody became a virologist and started knowing everything about all science right it's like well no you don't you just learned this stuff you don't have the you don't have the metadata to understand everything you don't know about nutrition everything you don't know about these things and again i like mike todd i just wish there was a, a, a desire for him to get underneath some more solid teachers and go to bible college and just learn basic theology that that, that it's, it's, it's not rocket science so though his entire message here. I'm with, bro. Fam, gluttony is an issue. Is it Satan's favorite sin? No! right? Like, yo, people need to lose weight. Diabetes is real. We have an issue with high caloric dense food, but is it, is is it what you're making it out to be? No. So this need for hyperbole and certainty with communicating ideas you don't really understand doesn't, doesn't reflect properly in my opinion on a pastor who leads a highly influential congregation. And again, this is not me saying he's a bad guy. This is not me saying he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. This is me saying, brother, you're an error. We slide into, well, he's popular there. Therefore, He has to be right. Well, it's, it's, it's big. Therefore, God has to be in it. And that's, that's not how it works. So even though I agree with where he lands in this message, I think we, and I'm gonna show you where he lands in this message. I'm completely with him. How we get to where we get to, how we teach the conclusions also matters. The the ends justify the means is straight mafioso pragmaticism logic that's, that's rooted in Machiavellianism. We got to sip away from thinking that just because something justifies the end result, just because I agree with where he lands, that doesn't mean the way he got to his conclusions is accurate. So let me show you where he got to his conclusions and where I 100% agree. This brother crushes it on this point. Check this out. 100% with him. Love his heart here. I think
1: he knocks it out of the park. Listen up. As many of us Want to see God do the miracles again, do the miracles again, heal the sick. We want the healing through the raising of dead and the laying on of hands. But God can also do miracles through healthy habits. Come on. You would rather it be a magic trick. (laughs) This is good, right? Than a commitment to discipline.
0: Woo!
1: You rather it be a magic trick
0: than a commitment to discipline. This This is like, I love where he lands with this message.
1: Heal diabetes. Stop eating that.
0: God, can your diabetes stop eating? Now? i cancel
1: cancer. And it'll take the same faith mm. yeah. Yeah. and the same Holy Spirit to walk up out of that, that room with the free food and still go and have a good attitude.
0: He lands in a, a very a very timely place. I'm guessing this is timely for his congregation. I'm guessing this is timely for his region. He's saying people don't talk about gluttony. Hey, listen, I've, we've had messages on gluttony. We've, we've had entire boot camps at our church. People have lost weight. Like, this is something we've talked about. But maybe we're also in Southern California, and it's just a different culture. I love where he lands with this message. I love where he lands with this message. I think Mike Todd, this is my opinion. Mike Todd, tap in with me if you if you're watching this. I think Mike Todd needs an editor. Like, I think Mike Todd went up there with a clip just just full of fluff. And he just needed to say, listen, brother, we could have trimmed this down to a solid hour and just cut out all the fat pun intended, <laughs> without all the extra shenanigans and all the theatrics. By the way, there's a lot of very theatrical moments here, which I think some of the illustrations here, but I think he needed something that was just someone to just trim this stuff down to say, fam, that's prop- That's not proper exegesis. I'm pumped that you just had this physical transformation, but brother, there's a whole lot you don't know about nutrition because you actually haven't lived this for a decade or two like a trainer. Maybe you should go consult some trainers. Maybe you should go consult some historical views of what gluttony is and some other church fathers and scholars and theologians. He can. He's funny. He's a communicator. And I'm not. I don't discard and dismiss everybody as a wolf in sheep's clothing because they're an error. I think Mike Todd is an error on a few things, but I think he means well. And I think I can I can rally with his with his conclusions. But I don't think this is a two hour talk. I think this is a 45 minute talk. Get to your points. Stick to the what the science say. You don't have to. You don't have to add sauce to it. You don't got to add hyperbole to it. Well, so you know the the God, Satan's favorite sin. Hey! This is sin. It's a relevant sin. Oh, all ambition is evil. Uh, s- selfish ambition is evil. Godly ambition is good, right? F- being ambitious to feed your family is a good thing. Being ambitious to, hello, lose weight is a good thing. I hope we can be sober about these things and not dismiss and discard people while at the same time saying, hey, man. Love your heart, but there's some error here. <laughs> there's some things we got to, some things we got to adjust here. So, anyway, those are my thoughts. If you guys want to hear about what this is being exhibited in a way where Joel Osteen does the same thing in error, check out this video over here, or check out this other video recommended for me and YouTube to you. All right, I'll see you over there. Peace.